everybody listen to We're Not Wizards. Because we are the best. And we're not wizards. No matter what anybody says. Goodbye. Welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for 2019. It doesn't sound as a change as good. from 2018. Well, yeah, it's obviously we're a year, we're a year old now. <laughs> Joining me, he's not even getting an introduction because he doesn't, he doesn't need an introduction. It, some people would say he doesn't warrant an introduction because he's been on so oh. long. It's he's put. <laughs> do you know what I mean? He put the Ed into. Don't know, and he put the jowet into something else. I don't know. He's the one and only. He's the repeat. He's not only the repeat offender. He's now working at your local supermarket, trying to build up his CV. <laughs> it is the one and only Mr. Ed Jowett. Hello, sir. Hello. Uh, thank you for having me back again. It's always a. P- <laughs> it's always a pleasure. Um, the first thing. Well, is- it's sort of. It's more like you can't get rid of me, isn't it? It's kind of like it's like athlete's foot. Is that I get into a really, really good routine where I'm drying my feet properly off and then I'm putting a little bit of talc on to make sure they are dry. And then about five, five or six months later, I then think I'm okay with stopping that routine. And the first day that I stop it, oh, guess what turned up? It's the Ed Joe foot. <laughs> oh, come on. So there we go. Um, oh, wow. I think that's probably the least the least complimentary introduction you've ever given me. Potentially, <laughs> potentially, but as you know, it's a true it's a true thing. These things have to be have to be going out in the open. Um, for people that haven't listened to us for the first, oh, you've all listened to us. Come on, <laughs> you have. You're bound to. There's like about two hundred odd episodes out there. If you've not listened to us by now, I don't know what else. I don't know what we're doing wrong really. But in case you haven't listened to us before. Actually, you say that, yeah. but uh-huh. um, I'm going to take a moment to plug another podcast on your podcast, because right. I can. Okay. Um, I was on a podcast with a lovely couple of people called uh, On the Shoulders of Dwarves. All right, okay. And um, they'd actually never heard of you. Um, in, in fairness, uh, they live in Israel. All right, okay. Um, and, and and they happen to be fans of Era Liars, so, uh, you know, existing fans of Era Liars who already had the book and were very interested in Definitive. So, you know, I went on the show to sort of talk about that. But um, I actually told them about you, and they, they sort of looked you up while we were on the podcast and said, oh, wow, that's, uh, wow, he's he's really, he's done a lot of episodes. He's really big. And I said, yeah, yeah. And, and I've had the honour on being about a quarter of them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, right, okay, so anyway, as I was saying, <laughs> the reason that we so do are, this... the point is, that the, there are people out there who have not heard Well, there you go. Podcast. Okay, well, the reason that we do this is because there's quite simply not enough podcasts with us in it, <laughs> talking about board <laughs> games, me and Ed sitting around 
having a chat about the old tabletop. And the second reason that we do this is because um, you can give me, give me, give me an L, give me a Y, give me an R, give me an E, give me an S. What does it spell? I think it spells the first game I ever spoke to you about. Potentially. Though, I think it does. I would have to go back and check, but I, I think don't the first time I spoke right. to you was about Era Liars. I don't know if it was, because we get confused about this all the time, because you do too we many do, Kickstarters. We do, so this, <laughs> this is part... There's no such thing as too many Kickstarters, but we do get confused about it all <laughs> we the time, because I've been on so often. You have. <laughs> you have. So this is... Um, you're taking part in the Make 100 series of That's Kickstarter, right. which is to give a bit of background for people that don't know what that is. Um, every year, Kickstarter encourages people to um, make a hundred, basically make a hundred or something, um, which is the option for them to create a hundred things, um, usually by hand. Um, usually a lot unusual. of people I know do bowls, or yeah. you know, like uh, there was one person last year who did badges. Yeah. Um, I did a make one hundred last year. Okay. Um, I. Definitely remember what it is, and I'm not looking it up and stalling in order to so okay. look it up and okay, remind put myself. It's okay. Oh yes, of course. It was uh, it was Tales of the Empowered, um, which uh, gave 100 people the opportunity to uh, write, well, create a character, which the we then wrote a story about, um, which went into a book. Uh, which was produced along with the uh, Era of the Empowered Core rulebook, um, and and gave our superhero universe more diversity uh, by allowing literally anyone to create literally anything. So that was what I did for Make 100 last year. I made 100 superhero stories. And this year, you're producing year. the definitive edition of Era Liars. That is correct. Which uh, is a critically acclaimed Ripiga, along with some amazing, unique rewards. Um, it's got 11 days to go at time of recording. And you had a target of 500 quid, and you've got almost two and a half. Yes. That's not bad. That is, yeah, well, it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. And especially with Era Liars, because Era Liars is actually an unusual game. I, I believe I've spoken to you before about games which are sort of the obvious, the the thing that people expect to see from a role-playing game, mm-hmm. and how they compare to games which are perhaps a little bit off the beaten track. Um, Era the Consortium is a little bit off the beaten track in its own way, but if you if you look at kind of the modern storyline, it's sort of it's a sci-fi game that most people can understand the tropes that are around it. Um, and yeah, there's some great detail in there, but the gameplay is sort of your standard role-playing game gameplay, right? You're going to be a character, you're going to go out, you're going to do things, yeah. you're going to come back, you're going to get equipment. You know, all, all of the standard things you'd expect to see in a role-playing game. Irrealize is not that. And <laughs> it's not that thing. It's not. It's not. And I think that's one of the things that makes it really interesting because rather than, you know, the GM sort of taking you through an adventure, the players are bards or rogues or people of similar uh, moral standing. Um, And 
they don't want to be adventurers because it's dangerous. They might lose a limb. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they'll have to sleep on the ground and stuff. Uh, who would want that? So, no, 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 no. Adventuring, not for you. No, sounds like a bad idea. No, what what you want is you want the golden glory of adventuring with none of the muscle or fuss. <laughs> right? So what you do is uh, you go out to the blacksmith. You know, you, you, you spend your, your life savings on a, a sword and some armor. Perhaps a bow if you happen to be an archer. And then you march into a tavern in Yarnolf, uh, the great city of this this sort of low fantasy um, kingdom, and uh, you you declare, you know, that that you are an adventurer and you have done great deeds. Now, of course, they're not just going to take your word for it, at least not on that basis, and they'll expect you to tell your story. And that's where the game comes in because you will enter the tavern. Um, you will, uh, I usually have the players sit down for five minutes to discuss their story while I generate the audience. There's a audience generation table, you just roll some dice, you're good. Um, and while they're doing that, I'm generating the audience. And as soon as, like, five minutes is up, I've finished generating the audience. They, you know, that they've discussed their story. We sit down and they have to tell their story. So they, the players, work as a team to tell the story of the amazing adventures that they totally did have to the GM who plays as the audience in the tavern. Now, because they're pretending to be heroic adventurers, they're obviously going to make some claims which are difficult to believe at times. So the uh, you know the the tavern patrons will listen. Uh, they will dispute. And the, the adventurers, again, in big inverted commas, the players, will have to prove what they're saying is true. And the way they'll do that, for example, maybe you say, oh, yeah, I punched the dragon in the face so hard that he fell unconscious. And, and someone goes, wait a minute. Say the town blacksmith goes, wait a minute. No one's that strong. That's ridiculous. And you'll go, really good, sir. And you'll engage him in an arm wrestle. And if you win, then they believe you. Uh, you know, he's like, oh, wow, that's that's amazing. You really are that strong. And if you lose, then they don't believe you. And it starts eroding the confidence the audience has in your story. If you go down to zero confidence, you'll be arrested as a, you know, a liar. L-Y-R-E, that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the name for these individuals who tell lies. Um, I, I'm funny, and it's a very funny pun. Uh, just, just to inform the audience... The audience I, listening to this I podcast. I was just gonna. Um, I was gonna re- uh, make you know people aware of how funny that pun is. Um, <laughs> if you say it again, I will cackle with laughter. So I, I'm glad. That's very important to me. What are they gonna call um, them? They're gonna call them liars. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Um, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on. Where'd you come up with an idea for this? Uh, you know what? It's funny. Um, I this, this this goes back four years. Um, it was the second game I ever created after finishing Era of the Consortium. Mm-hmm. And um, I I've played role playing games for a long time, um, but I've never really come across, or at the time I had never really come across storytelling games, which are often diceless role playing games. And the way they were explained to me, which I should say for anyone listening, is deeply inaccurate, and I now know 
is that basically you can do whatever you like and tell whatever story you like because there are no rules. Um, and I thought that's utterly ridiculous. Um, if I was going to do that, what I would do is this. Because the idea of Era Liars is you can tell any story you like. You will have to face the consequences for telling that story, and those consequences might be good or bad. Um, people might believe you, they might not believe you. It depends how outlandish you are. And then a little bit of mechanics around, you know, do they actually believe you? Yeah. So it's a um, relatively shorter game than what you would normally play. Is it something that you kind of like if, say you're having a break between campaigns, it would be something that you would kind of like break out so everybody could have a laugh? Because it sounds almost like, um, it sounds like almost like a, a little bit of a, an aperitif or a palate cleanser if you've just run through like a 16 week campaign and you're wanting to set up something else but you don't want to dive into something immediately but you maybe want to stay with the kind of the the characters that you've kind of got to kind of know and love is it something you could kind of like you could just step off to the side play it a couple of times and then continue with a different campaign if you wanted to yeah, absolutely. It's really, really good for that, and that's the reason that we created the Pocket Edition, which I know I've come on to speak to you about mm. uh, before. Um, and the Pocket Editions all existed, um, uh, you know, because of this first one, which became a Pocket Edition. And and we created the Pocket Edition for exactly that need. Uh, I should say it's available on the Kickstarter. Um, it's two pounds for a digital and seven for a for a printed version. Um, and the Pocket Edition contains everything that you need to play, but no details about the world. So it's exactly for those kinds of people. The kinds of people who want to tell a story in their own universe, you know, uh, or maybe they've been playing D&D or, or whatever, and they want to tell the story in their own universe and, and sort of have that, as you say, the palate cleanser. But Era Liars has a large and rich um, world. Uh, I... I I have said several times that I don't particularly build role-playing games, I build universes. And role-playing games are a great way to introduce people to those universes. And that's why I create role-playing games. Because I like to show people these universes that I've built. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lies is no exception, and it was my first crack at a fantasy universe. So, I'm sure you can imagine, it's got a lot of very sort of well-thought-out details that really come from a lifetime of enjoying role-playing games. Um, and the Definitive Edition is really about celebrating that universe and giving that universe the chance to shine. Um, we're offering the Pocket Edition for the reasons that I mentioned earlier, but the Definitive Edition is the real new thing uh, in this Kickstarter. And so what's different the about the definite? What's different about the definitive edition? So I mentioned the pocket edition, how it has uh, sort of a, a very limited amount of story in it. It's really got the character creation, the rules, and kind of the basic setting for oh, here's how you tell stories, and and what the GM needs. So the rules and the and the GM advice. The definitive edition has all of the information about the world. It has the stories, the short stories that we are quite well known now within our games for writing. Um, it has, you know, they give you examples of what stories might sound like or, or examples of how those stories might affect the universe or the, the, the kingdom at large, if you mm-hmm, like. 
um, you know, there's at least one story where uh, someone comes back to his wife and explains how he's given all of their life savings to a bunch of people who say they're going to get 10 to 1 for it, you know, uh, because they know where the dragon's hoard is. Um, and his wife is less than happy, to say the least. Um, he, uh, you know, that, that's kind of, that's an interesting effect to think about, uh, about how these liars have an effect on the world. It also kind of follows the stories of some of the liars, you know, when they're so close to being found out, what happens then? You know, what happens when they are found out? You know, what happens when they're arrested? Um, all of these things, you know, we explore those in the stories. We then move on to the bestiary, because... While you can make up your own creatures, and there's no problem with that, yeah. not everyone wants to on the fly, right? Okay. Um, a lot of people fall back on D&D tropes uh, when they play the game. Uh, again, it's a four-year-old game now, uh, the original version, and I've played it a lot, and I've watched people play it a lot, and they fall back on the sort of traditional D&D tropes. Yeah, yeah. And... I I have written a bestiary. Uh, uh, the the guy who writes it, he is called Professor Wilton Smythe, and uh, Professor Sm- Wilton Smythe. Smythe's got a Y in it, I'm guessing. Uh, of course. And an E on Rupert the end. Wilton Smythe, uh, and an E on the end. Yep, you're right. <laughs> um, and it's hyphenated. Wilton Smythe is is hyphenated. Of course. Of course. Um, and uh, he he has gone out into the into the city of Yonolf. He has listened to the tales of uh, adventurers and liars, and he knows what's true and what isn't. So he's written down this bestiary, which explains all about all of these various creatures that adventurers might run into, and he's publishing it so that the adventurers can know what they're going to face when they leave Yarnolf to go out and be adventurers. Mm -hmm. Of course, while he believes that he knows the difference between liars and and real adventurers... um, you may question how true that is, because um, some of the things that he uh, that, that he writes are, are on the interesting side. For example, one of the brand new ones, um, which I only wrote yesterday, is half demons. So half demons, they're all these pictures of men with horns and tails. And the truth is that half demons like these images and, and promote these images and, and make sure that humans think they look like that because they look exactly like normal humans. So people are on the lookout for half demons, <laughs> but actually, you know, they, they, they should be looking for normal looking humans. Now, the thing is, you see, that Professor Wilton Smythe, the, the half demons have tried three times to prevent him from publishing this work. The persistence of the rent man. The uh, Publishing Standards Committee and the auditors are just proof that the half-demons don't want the truth to be told. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, as, as I say, it is, it is definitely Professor Wilton Smythe's take on what real, you know, what real monsters are like. Um, one, of the, one of the more classic ones. So we, we originally produced a bestiary, um, and some of it's available actually on our website. Um, but, uh, I've added new entries, such as the half-demons. Um, no one's actually heard about that yet. That's, that's exclusive to you so far. Oh, there you go. Thank you very much. We're not wizards, we're (laughs) (laughs) half-demons. Definitely not. Um, but, uh, you know, we had some previous ones, uh, the were-rabbit, for example. We had the, uh, the vine-men and, uh, manticores, northern and southern, which are two very different things, I, I should add. Northern manticores, of course, have wings, and southern manticores just jump very high. I was just gonna say that. You have to watch Obviously. Uh, ev- everyone knows that. 
right? Everyone does know that. You have to, especially if you're at the Castle War and you're looking up down and the Manticore's about to attack. You know, yeah. it's the whole. You know, you think, oh yeah, well it's fine because it's got no wings, but ah, oh, they jump. It's the whole African and European swallow thing all over again, Ed. Yeah, it and is. coconuts. It is. I mean, this is why it all revolves around this kind of like that type of that type of uh, that type of thing. So, in terms of, I mean, is the the core around? Is it just all about? It sounds like there's like quite a big world involved, but is the core about it just sitting around and kind of telling tales, having a laugh? Yeah, having like that, kind that of a lot of fun. The core of the game. The core of the game is telling these stories, mm-hmm. and and that's really what it's all about. Mm-hmm. But. You know, having this extra world background, A, as I said, it gives you a chance to subvert the tropes. It gives you some suggestions that are maybe a little bit off the beaten track. Yeah. Um, it, it, it also, um, there, there are also uh, locations. Uh, there's, a, there's a sort of a mini book that I uh, published only digitally called The Traveller's Guide to Yarnolf. Again, written by Professor Wilton Smythe. Um, and he explains, for example, that the customs of Orion Bridge one of the nearby towns, dictates that uh, if you are pickpocketed, um, it is the height of rudeness to point out that you were pickpocketed. (laughs) So you must not. (laughs) This is what he's heard. uh, Because Professor Wilton Smythe has never left the city of Yarnoff. But this is what he's heard. So it must be true then. Because he's heard it it from a couple of valuable different resources. So it's definitely true. Absolutely. And... um, uh, it, it gives you all of this sort of this rich background that you can, you know, it gives you something that means you don't have to be playing off D&D tropes all the time. So all of that is all in the definitive. Then probably the most important thing of all, in my opinion, I am, I am writing several pages of GM advice on how to run this game based on the four years of experience that I've had running it. Um, when I when I originally wrote the rulebook and the pocket edition, you know, I uh, the pocket edition really didn't have very many changes from the original rulebook. Um, when I originally wrote the rulebook, obviously it was a brand new game and I play tested it, but um, I'd not I'd not had the opportunity to play sort of tens of games as I have over the last last several years. Yeah, yeah. So I've learned a lot about how it can work. I've learned a lot about what more you want or need. Um, in terms of audience generation, I'm upgrading the options, you know, so it doesn't feel quite so samey if you have multiple audience being generated. Um, uh, you know, I, I am adding sort of all of the ways in which you can make sure that the all of the players get a chance to tell the story. You know, the techniques that I've come up with in order to make that work. Um, I have you know, added stuff about how you quickly figure out what rewards they're going to get and some things that I made up uh, more recently about the level of engagement that each individual patron in the bar has, you know, in the tavern actually has. Um, And all of these things are derived from all of that experience running the game. And I think that they are one of the most valuable possible resources for a GM. Um, is there the ability for them? Is there ability for them to kind of like have like scuffle mechanics and things like that? Make it a bit oh, more yeah. kind of. If things go wrong, yeah. um, and and again, that was something that was included in the original game, but it was quite limited because I had quite a limited page count. Um, 
and I didn't include the full combat rules or, or any of the details about sort of being non-lethal or that kind of stuff. I just included the flowcharts uh, uh, for Era Liars and, and the combat. Um, so, you know, I'm uh, another thing, since you mention it, that I am adding is the full-on combat rules and how the combat is adapted for Era Liars to make it fit that setting and fit more of a barb rule than a, a war. Yeah, I mean, are you more? I mean, you're more likely to go out and be kind of, I guess, slightly hurting people as opposed to kind of like cleaving their their arms off their bodies and stuff exactly, like that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you're you're not going to shoot them with an arrow in most cases in a barb rule. No, no, no. Does that? I mean, does that mean you can make it slightly more comedic then? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um. The the. One of the things that's going to happen is related to the unarmed combat rules, which I'm going to modify so that you can do... Uh, you know what actually sticks in my mind? It's that episode of Firefly, um, when uh, when he starts in a, uh, an alliance-friendly bar on U- Unification Day, and then the next thing you know, he's thrown out the window. Yes. That's, like um, the, that's uh, the first episode. Yes. Train job. Yeah. Train job? Yes, sir. Maybe? Yes. Se- second episode. Yes. It's not It's not how the very first episode begins, but it was the first one that was aired properly. Oh, right, yeah. okay. Um, uh, because Simon's already on board and offers to, to um, bandage the captain, and he says, no, it's just an honest brawl between folk. Oh. Um, and also the first episode begins with, of course, the Battle of Serenity Valley. Yes, it, yes, it does. So there you go. Um, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I know these things, um, but yeah, I, I want to have that kind of sort of comedic fight available to people. You know, I want them to have the opportunity to do that sort of thing and and not have problems um, because the the combat the combat in Era D10 tends to be on the lethal side, and as you say, the Bob rules that you're going to get are going to want to be a bit more comedic. You know, you're 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 sort of you're you're crouched over your your lyre, your literal lyre, your musical instrument, while two people are fighting over you. You know, yeah. it's that kind of barb rule, not 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 the kind of ah, I'm going to kill you now. Yeah, no, I mean you want people kind of having drinks spilled on them or falling on the floor, yeah, or exactly. having a chair broken over their back and stuff like that. You don't necessarily want them getting absolutely destroyed. Um, just for the sake of a bar of face. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it becomes like a, then it starts to kind of like get a bit too, kind of like a bit too kind of serious. Murdery. <laughs> well, yeah, just a little bit. I mean, have you thought about kind of taking that rule set and then using it in, say, the consortium stuff as well then? I think that Era Liars, the rules that it expresses are actually applicable in literally any game that I've created. Right. Um, yeah, I'm a superhero, honest. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay, what are your powers? Um, I can make any door stay slightly ajar. That'd be excellent. Do you remember that one? Yes. Do you remember that one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can make any door stay slightly ajar to annoy people. Oh, really? Do it then. Uh, no, I don't want to right now, but I'll tell you a story of when it really inconvenienced someone. <laughs> I can I can automatically disintegrate pasta or rice but only but only 
enough pasta or rice so it leaves slightly less than one portion left in the box. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and the victim also forgets that they need to buy more pasta and rice, so when they go to the cupboard, they realise they're not I having an amazing meal. That would be my superpower. You know, not leaving doors slightly ajar to annoy people. Not leaving doors sure slightly ajar. Be your I think, yeah, that and uh, yeah, I think that, and uh, also I think um, um, making people chant that they're definitely not going to leave something in the car, but then making them leave that in the car anyway, <laughs> kind of thing, you know, like milk. Something. I will not leave the milk in the car. I, I will not, not leave, leave the, the milk oh, in the car. Gets, yeah, gets, gets into the kitchen, <laughs> opens the fridge, goes to put the milk in the fridge, realizes they've left it in the car, they've got to go back out again. It doesn't take ages to go out to the car, but it's like such of a such a bit of an inconvenience. There's a whole pile of things that you could think about, you know. Um I'll automatically I'll automatically make you buy the stronger flavour of toothpaste that you don't like. Um, there you go. Just, that's 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 terrorism. That is. <laughs> these are all my <laughs> these are all my superpowers that I would quite happily um, talk about in some kind of uh, bar drink. There you go. Situation. There you go. So there you See, go. See that that's the thing. It can be literally applied to anything. It can be applied to consortium, to hmm. empowered, to survival. Even yeah, I fought a zombie that was twenty foot tall, and and it crushed my teammate to death with a large fist. Well, that, that looked like a foot. That teammate there. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> the other one. His twin brother. <laughs> his twi- what's his name? Stop Ed, crying, it's Steve. not Derek. It's it's <laughs> Eric. <laughs> Isn't it Eric? Kind of thing. Um, in terms of, I mean, are you 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 sound like you're kind of still writing away? I mean, are you got to reach a point where you're going to stop? Do you have to draw a stop line? Stop creating on, games. Well, no, as in stop creating additional content for the for, what? for the for this particular kind of definitive version. Because you said you were still going through a couple of the rules and stuff like that, and yeah, kind of I updating mean, I, stuff. I see what you mean. Um, I have decided what I'm included, what what I am including. Mm-hmm. But obviously, the Kickstarter only started on the first of January. Uh, we're on the eighth of January. Um, and I didn't actually start writing until after the Kickstarter was funded. Right. So I've written about 30 pages in the meantime. Um, and I've got about 30 more to write. Um, I know exactly what I'm going to do. You know, I mean, I mean, I've, I was able to pretty much say off the top of my head what it was. Um, you know, I've got, a th- I've got three more bestiary entries to write at this point. Um, I've got, uh, another four pages of story to write. And then I've got rules and GM stuff to do, and I'm done. Right. Um, it's it's a lot of new stuff, but um, I'm I'm I'd I'd like to think that I'm quite well prepared for the level of work that it takes now. Um, after after having produced books for upwards of forty Kickstarters, it's a lot. <laughs> That's, that's a lot of Kickstarters. That is a lot. That is a lot of Kickstarters. I mean, have you, have you? Was it quite easy to fund this one? Then did you find it kind of funded relatively quickly? It did fund relatively quickly. Um, it actually funded on the first day. But I'll be honest, I wasn't sure uh, on this one because Era Liars is one of those games that 
It's very Marmite. Very, very Marmite. Um, you either get it and think it's hilarious and love the concept and want to play it, or you think it's a bit pointless and you don't understand what I'm talking about and why would I want to do that because that sounds weird. And yeah, it, but it, on the other side of it, I mean, I mean, you write a lot of role playing stuff yourself. As I say, one of the things you sometimes need is like an aperitif. Something to cleanse the palate, you know. Yeah. Something to kind of make it, um, so you know, something to differentiate yourself from, I guess, kind of other things that are out there. And I guess some people don't want to rock up with a board game, but they just want to play something which is still. Can I know a lot of people that just you know, you would never ever get them in front of a set of cardboard, but they'll role play kind of, yeah, forever if you let and- them. You know? not, not only that, um, I actually know one person who bought the game and, and wants to get their group to play it because one of their players, they feel, is a he's the GM and one of their players is a little weak on improvisation. And if Irelias teaches you one thing, it's improvisation. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you have to come up with a story in five minutes and then you have to tell the story. And that story has to fill whatever length of time the GM arbitrarily decides it's got to fill. So if you have to pad out that story and and add new things in and add new details, you need to do that and you need to do that pronto. Right? And and it teaches you that that improvisation and that um, it also encourages the the kind of the roleplay feel. Right? It, It draws you into okay, well, my character did this, and then my character did that, and then my character did that. And because you can literally tell anything, you're no longer thinking about, is this mechanically viable, or am I going to will a brawl with this? Because it's not about that anymore. It becomes about telling the story instead. Would you think about making this, moving this away from the kind of the role-playing type thing and making it like a, a kind of a... A card game type or something like that? I have considered it. Um, There are a lot of card games out there that are about storytelling. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I am sort of in the research phase is what I would say. I'm trying to figure out what I could do that would make this truly different. Um, The the thing that makes it different to role-playing games is the fact that, as I say, the, the players are telling the story to the GM... And the story is the centre of everything. It's not about the dice rolls anymore. It's about what story you can tell. Um, yes, there are dice rolls. That That is what makes it a role-playing game. Uh, sort of a, a more, I wouldn't say traditional, but, but a more conventional role-playing game than perhaps you can literally tell any story. Um, Baron Munchausen would be an example of literally being able to tell any story. Yeah. Um... Uh, and, and the mechanics will hold you up on that in Era Liars, and they're designed to do so. But how you would make that happen with um, a card game, I do have some ideas, but um, I've not yet sort of fixed on how it'll be different enough from other things. I wouldn't want to put something out there that's just a clone of, of everything else. You know, I, I don't think that's... A valuable use of anyone's time, mine or or anyone else playing it. So I'm I'm very determined to make sure that if I do that, 
and I am strongly considering it. It's unique and interesting in its own way. And are you, I mean, I mean, you've been working on. Obviously, you've done the card games before. Yeah. So, have you have you considered kind of moving into the the tabletop side of things to kind of expand the kind of portfolio that you offer? Because you've you could, obviously you've branched out into a lot of different genres with regards to the role playing games. You've had your card, you know, you've got your card games now as well. You know, mm-hmm. as you continue to gain more and more experience with Kickstarter, um, is that a route you would kind of consider, or are you quite happy with the way that that things are progressing at the moment? That's a really good question. Um, the answer is. I'm going to refer back to something I said a little earlier, which is that I create universes. And what I want to do is introduce people to those universes that I've created. Now, that might mean that the right way is a role-playing game. It also might mean the right way is a comic. As you know, I've produced a number of comics as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, So the right way might be a comic. The right way might be a card game, as in the case of Champion of Earth and Evil Overlord. Because... They would never have worked as role-playing games, not really. You know, the, the, the universes that I create and the, and the concepts that I come up with develop as time passes and will undoubtedly branch out to include more genres as I feel that it's more viable to do so. Um, Era Survival is a really good example of that. Um, I'm not sure if I spoke about Life on Gaia, uh, the audiobook of Era Survival. I think I probably did, uh, but I don't remember. You've mentioned it a little bit, but you've kind of briefly touched on it, but not kind of gone into a lot of detail about it. Yeah, I know you. So, had, I know the last time we spoke, you were you were actually kind of getting people involved in kind of think reading parts and producing the audio stuff. Uh, that was not for that, actually. That was for something else, uh, which is uh, an upcoming audio drama. So what I tend to do is I tend to look at something and go, what can I do with this? And particularly when new people join my team, I look at them and go, okay, what are your skills, what are your interests, and what can we do with that? And um, Leo Kosh, who is the reader for the Era Survival, uh, the Life on Gaia audiobook, um, has always been interested in voice acting. He's also got experience with audio production. So we said, okay, let's let's do Life on Gaia. Let's do an audiobook. Um, when another person joined my team, um, Heike Provitza, who has also worked me on another project, uh, actually, and one I'm going to be mentioning shortly uh, on the subject of liars, um, uh, you know, when she joined the team, I looked at I looked at her skills and I said, "Okay, well, you're you're a voice actor. That sort of gives us two people who are confident voice actors, um, and then there's me who can probably say some words into a microphone. Yeah, I've done it enough times on interviews and things, mostly mostly with we're not wizards, but but you know, a couple of other things as well. Um, <laughs> and." Um, you know, why don't we go ahead and do an audio drama? And that's what we were talking about last time, uh, because yeah. I was I was working on an audio drama. Yeah. Um. So that you know that audio drama uh, we finished recording um, and is off with uh, one of our volunteers of the team uh, to do the first round of audio production on it, uh, which is very very exciting, and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing the first episode. I, I think it's going to be fantastic, and. Um, 
that means that, you know, if something comes along and someone comes along with a level of expertise in something, I, well, first of all, or an interest more particularly than expertise, I, I like to encourage people in my team to work on what they're interested in. Uh, one of our proofreaders uh, became a writer, um, Hande Baruch Kueglu, and I really, really, really hope I pronounced her name right, and if I didn't and she's listening, I'm very, very sorry. But Hande, um, she and I have been working together since the Definitive Edition era of the Consortium Rulebook, uh, which is quite a long time now, it's about three years. Um, and she, uh, she, she helped a lot with the proofreading, she's got great attention to detail. And she came to me about a year ago and said, Ed, um, I love doing the proofreading and I don't want to stop. But uh, can I do some writing as well? And, you know, I put her on a couple of stories for Era Liar, uh, Liars, Era the Empowered, which turned out fantastic. Uh, she contributed to Tales of the Empowered. She contributed to uh, the Era of the Empowered called Rulebook. Uh, she has contributed to a couple of other bits and pieces since. And I'm over the moon. I'm so glad to be able to offer her that opportunity to be a writer, if that's what she wants to do. Um... And that's why we produce comics. That's why we're doing audio stuff. Members of the team want to do it. And they're yeah. willing to put the time and effort in and you know, work with me to help me understand what it is that we need to produce in order to create something that's, that's good, you know, that's, that's viable, that's high quality. Because at the end of the day, we produce material that I am proud of every time. And I think that that is one of the most important things about what we do. I do not want to put a product on my sales table or on my website that I am not proud of. And so far, I've never had to. Where are you with fulfillment with the other projects? Because you run a lot of Kickstarter campaigns. You're one of the most prolific, I guess, kind of um, games. Well, campaign creators, you know. Games creators. Uh, in that in terms know. of in terms of games Kickstarters, actually, there's an open question with Kickstarter at the moment about whether I uh, whether I am actually the the number one. All um, right. Uh, so someone asked because uh, uh, you know they were curious, and I, I'm waiting to hear back. <laughs> um, where am I in terms of fulfillment? Um, for the most part, I'm up to date. Uh, there are a few outstanding things. So, Battlecruiser Alamo, uh, which I believe we spoke about a little while back. <laughs> we did, yeah. Um, I have just received the proofs and signed them off, and I'm expecting the physical copies to be delivered in a few weeks. Um, it's however long it takes to print now. Now, that is actually slightly behind the schedule that I'd hoped for. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was primarily because um, Richard Tung, the writer of the Battlecruiser Alamo novels, um, he did a lot of the writing. And I made accounting for the editing and the proofreading as if our normal team did it. Ah, right, okay. But he has a slightly different style, um, yeah, and yeah. it meant that the editing and the proofreading took a little bit longer. Um, I was hoping to have everything sent out by the end of December. I expect I'll have everything sent out by the end of January. Um, and this is the second ever Kickstarter that I have been past the deadline that I committed to. Um, I've kept everyone completely informed, and everyone's been very, very understanding. Uh, all 54 backers have, have not really uh, been too worried at all. Uh, they know it's happening, they know why, and I've kept them informed at every stage. And to me, that's that's the important thing. If something's going to be late, and at the end of the day, 
things do happen. Things are late sometimes. Uh, as long as you keep people informed, I've never known anyone to really be realistically angry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also got the Life on Gaia audiobook outstanding. Um, that's due by March, though. And I'm very confident that we'll get that done in time. Um, we're about three quarters of the way through the stories at this point. And uh, I'm actually mucking in to uh, give Leo a hand with the with the editing. Um, so I'm doing a lot of the a lot of the the cutting uh, out of the various bloopers and so on. Yeah. Um. There there are a lot of bloopers. There are a lot of great bloopers in that one. Um. Uh, are you going to do a blooper reel? Uh, we are going to do a blooper reel. It's it's going to be available uh, to the Kickstarter backers who uh, who got the memory card, and I may make it available later. I, I need to make a decision on that. Yeah, um, okay. It's unfortunately decidedly not safe for work. Um, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I am actually unsure. I'm assuming We're Not Wizards is supposed to be safe for work, so I can't really repeat the one that's on my mind at the moment. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's just say that it involved a mispronunciation of the word throng. Of undead. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, which uh, sort of then led to a discussion about what that might actually be like. That would um, probably green <laughs> and slightly damp. I don't want to go anymore. I, I imagine more. it wouldn't be very pleasant. Let's no, just put it that way. Just um, cheese. But but yeah, that that one is still outstanding. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm very very confident we'll finish it by March um, at this stage. Okay. Um, there's also Era of the Chosen, uh, which is going to be finished by May. Um, uh, obviously, I am writing Era Liars at the moment, um, but uh, that's really because Era Liars is the thing that's on my mind. Um, Era of the Chosen, all of the artwork's done, all of the writing is done, it just needs editing. Um, I'm If I take a month over that, I will be flabbergasted. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit that up after, uh, after Era Liars is, after the definitive edition sorted out, because I'm sort of on a roll with it. Uh, with, with Liars just at the minute. And I've got Era Survival Colony, um, which is the card game, uh, which I came and spoke to you about just recently. Um, Era, uh, Era Survival Colony, uh, it's done, all of the printing is underway in China, and I am literally completely blocked until such a time as they actually send over the cards complete. Oh, right, okay. Um, so I am literally waiting on the printing production, and then it's a case of dropping them in envelopes and writing names on them. Um... I've committed to deliver it by May 2019, and I'm supposed to have them by the end of January. So, I, I see absolutely no reason why I wouldn't be able to to achieve that. that should that be, fine. Should um, be fine. So yeah, it's those five things that are outstanding, um, uh, including Era Liars, of course, as well, because I'm, I'm counting that as outstanding. But I'm extremely confident with two of them in in kind of printing, uh, with one of them three quarters of the way through production and th- and sort of three months to go um and and with era the chosen being the only really larger outstanding thing i i'm very very confident i can deliver deliver these no problem have you got a plan for the rest of the year then i mean have you planned out kind of, of what you're gonna be doing i mean you don't have to go into detail but how many other campaigns are you considering launching for the whole of this year uh, does that include the comics campaigns? Yes, which everything. Which run on it. different accounts? Just hit me up with everything. Um, I would say in the region of 20. Um, so, uh, beginning of next month, February the 1st, uh, I'll be launching a, uh, uh, a participation in Kickstarter Zine Quest. Um, I don't know if you've heard of that one. No. 
Um, Kickstarter is supporting zines. So they're saying, okay, uh, go out and create a zine. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we will, you know, and, and we will sort of have a section for the zines, like they do for Make 100. But they'd like to see RPG zines. And this really is the brainchild of um, uh, the, the head of games on Kickstarter, Luke Crane. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's his brainchild. He's he's actually a role-playing game producer. Um, he actually produced... Uh, now, I don't want to get it wrong. I think it's The Burning Wheel. Right. I think I think he's the creator of that one. Um, and uh, uh, this is his brainchild. He, um, he wants to see more zines. Uh, so he created this zine quest idea, and it's, it's sort of the big marketing push for Kickstarter. Oh, yeah, do this. Um, and I'm contributing uh, The Era Zone, uh, which, again, is a lovely, lovely twist on the zine thing, because I'm hilarious. I need to keep reminding people that I'm hilarious because I'm writing a comedy game, you're liars. Have you thought um, about um, a t-shirt? <laughs> just what, saying I'm hilarious? Just to say I'm not sure if you're aware, but I am very funny. <laughs> That's a very good idea. Maybe I'll get that printed on my next uh, convention t-shirt. I think that would be a good idea. Yeah, I think I, that's pro- that's probably wise. I, like, are you writing that down, It's about the games. But, Ed, are you writing that idea down? I, don't I won't hear... need to, because I'm going to listen back to this I don't this hear you writing podcast. that idea. That I don't believe you're going to listen back to this I don't know if you know, but I'm hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the funniest man in my chair. <laughs> <laughs> um, fair enough. Um, you know you've got so, that. Yeah. Anyway, we're 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 producing the era zone, um, and the era zone is going to offer something for every single one of our era games: consortium, liars, empowered, survival, silence, hitman, balam, the lot. And uh, our aim is actually produce more than one. Uh, our funded goal will do two, uh, and our stretch goals will let us get to four in the year. Um, my absolute ideal would be the four, and obviously I'm going to add era the chosen uh, into that group. Um, as and when it is published, because it's obviously an era game. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the most immediate one coming up. I'm also going to be doing um, Champion of Earth. Uh, I've got another expansion planned. Um, uh, it's dinosaurs, uh, so human dinosaur hybrids. I think I might have spoken to you about this before, because um, it was a potential stretch goal for the robots, uh, but we didn't reach that stretch goal. Yeah. So um, I'm doing the Dinosaurs expansion. Uh, I am uh, also going to do uh, uh, Radio Free Tyrannus, which is uh, another audio drama. It's starring Leo Kosh again. And also uh, it's sort of co-starring me, sort of. Um, I'm the advertiser who uh, goes on and is highly unprofessional. You've Yes, you've definitely... I think I've mentioned that. You've mentioned about being highly unprofessional. I definitely uh, which, remember. I know it's hard to imagine, but but it does happen. I can't um, imagine it in one in any way, shape, or form uh, at all. And <laughs> yeah. uh, and we also have an extremely exciting guest star who I'm going to be able to announce in March. Uh, but I, I, I am phenomenally excited. I literally cannot express. We've done all the recording with this individual. Um. And, you know, uh, everything's paid and so on, but we're not announcing it until we're a little closer to the launch. But this guest star is... It's 
you know, I always wanted to work with this person, never really imagined it would really happen, kind of, kind of tier. And it's absolutely brilliant. So, I, I am sure I will come back and talk to you about it at some point. Uh, keep an eye out. But most importantly, most importantly of all, at the end of February, um, it is actually the fifth anniversary of Era the Consortium. You're having a Five party. Years. You're having a party. I am not having a party. I'm running a Kickstarter. Well, what are you going to be doing? Well, of course you're running a Kickstarter. Of course I'm running are a Kickstarter. Also, are you also having a party? I don't know. I don't know if my wife's planning a surprise party or, or possibly uh, Fred and Leo and, and all the guys who are out here in London. I don't know um, if they're listening. Um, Is there going to be cheese? Uh, if they're listening, you tell them to plan a surprise party. Plan uh, a su- guys, plan a surprise party. Cover your ears, Ed. Uh, yeah, covered. Right, guys, plan a surprise party for Ed because it's like five years here at the consortium. That's really big. Okay, do it. Okay, you can uncover your ears now. How am I supposed to hear you to know when I can uncover my ears? Oh, you are listening. That's dreadful. <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible man. Um, well, I, I did actually cover my ears, but you forget I have in-ear headphones. <laughs> so you do. So all I did so, is yeah, shove them in okay, tighter. Okay, okay. So um, I did what you said, but messed up. Um, uh, we are we are offering miniatures for Era the Consortium, um, which is major. I mean, this is new. We, what? you know, we are branching into a new area, and and what you were saying about media and and different types of you know different types of products made me think of this. And we are offering miniatures for Era the Consortium. They are stiletto unit and some assorted sort of Smertios mooks. Uh, Smertios security are the, the army and the police in the Consortium universe. Um, and uh, uh, they are going to be available. Uh, we are also offering a special 5th anniversary definitive edition Era the Consortium book. Um, which will have some unique artwork. Uh, and it's done. It's highly awesome. Um, it's going to be absolutely brilliant. And, uh, we are also looking into the possibility of t-shirts. Because we think it's about time there was an era of the Consortium t-shirt that people could wear and come up to us at conventions and go, Ah! I'm wearing your t-shirt. <laughs> Did not yes, say that's... hello. It's uh, you well, uh, if you see it ah! at a convention, <laughs> don't say hello, just walk up with your t-shirt and go, <laughs> Ah! <laughs> and you'll treat that as kind of like a... Uh, it's kind of like a hello, basically. <laughs> so remember that, um, and also remember his party. Um, you realise you doing miniatures on Kickstarter, you're going to like get one hundred and seventy-five thousand pounds in funding. <laughs> I'd like that. That would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> you just find it. You just fit miniatures as like other. So how do you play it as an RPG connected to? What's this era consortium then? It's got miniatures in it. Oh, take my money. Uh, yeah, I mean the the miniatures are phenomenal. I was so lucky, and um, I got to work with a, a gentleman named Heriberto, Heriberto Martinez. Really nice guy. Really, really nice. Um, I've been struggling for a lot of years to get the miniatures right, and uh, he came in. He took one look. He said, "Dump this. Dump that." Shift this, make that work. This will print fine, no problems. Go. And um, I have worked with uh, a wonderful individual in the UK who's now actually shut down his company right before I'm going to production. 
Uh, he's actually shut down his company, uh, but uh, Hysterical Games, it was called. Um, he helped me through the, uh, the the sort of the molding process. I've had a number of them uh, with me. Um, I have uh, sent some off to be painted. Uh, and, and also, you know, I've also had another set painted by a lovely guy uh, down here who's called Charlie. Um, uh, those other ones went off to, to Spain as a small clue. Um, okay, but, cool. um, but, uh, Charles Stuart Morris, Charlie, um, he, uh, he, he painted my miniatures. He did a fantastic job. They look absolutely brilliant. Uh, for the last several conventions, I've had unpainted miniatures sat in my stand and three times at Dragon Meat, people came up and asked to buy the miniatures. Uh, they weren't on sale, but, but people came up and asked to buy them. Um, so we, we have some absolutely awesome miniatures they really are good looking you can actually hop on our uh, on our discord or on our facebook group or even on our website if you'd like to see some images of them because uh we've actually spread some sort of cgi images of the miniatures um they are absolutely absolutely brilliant and uh, i cannot wait to go ahead and put them out into the world uh for those who are worrying listening to the fact that uh, you know i was working with historical games and they've actually closed um, I was able to, uh, get hold of another individual, um, I'll leave him nameless for the time being, um, but, uh, he's actually the individual who taught the guys at Hysterical Games how to cast, so he, I'm in very good hands, um, and, uh, he is enthusiastically looking over the moulds tomorrow, uh, so I'll know a lot more about what it's gonna cost and per miniature and so on, and what he's gonna, what he's gonna need in order to produce another set, because molds are fascinating and completely different to everything else I've ever done. Yeah. Um, you only get a certain number of miniatures out of every mold, and then you have to make a new mold, which has its own cost linked to it, and so on. So, um, it's exciting, it's new, and it's era the consortium miniatures. I mean, it's it's phenomenal to see these characters who I first saw. It's the first eight characters that I saw in Era of the Consortium, because the first image that I commissioned was what is now the front cover of the core rulebook. And That's really um, cool. I am able to see those miniatures, you know, those characters as miniatures come to life. Um, and if we reach stretch goals, I will be adding new miniatures. And the first one I'm going to add is the first character that I played in Era of the Consortium. Uh, because I didn't play any of those eight, I was, I was the GM. So it'll be the first character that I played as the first, first sort of significant miniature stretch goal. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to reaching that one because obviously I want to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's an exciting time. And uh, in terms of comics, we've got a Make 100 comic out now for Era of the Consortium. Yeah. Uh, it's called Mobilization, the Bug War number three. Uh, it's the third in our Bug War series, which I know I've spoken about the Bug War before. Um, yeah. It's yeah. all about the the beginning of the war between the humans and the Ulutians against the Zimians. Uh, who later join the consortium and, and become a playable race, but uh, the initial first contact went very badly. And the Bug War number three is about the first battle where consortium ships faced off against the Zimian fleets. And it's about one particular ship, and this ship was the linchpin of the entire strategy, and the first officer is left with a cowardly captain who would rather retreat... And he is faced with a choice about what to do. Um, and I don't want to spoil you, but it's it's one of the best carried out comics we've we've ever written. 
Oh, that's cool. Um, and it's all about the interaction between these two people and these people and the rest of the crew and who the crew believes in and who the crew's going to follow. And, and it's all about, you know, that, that snap moment where the first officer has to make a decision. Um, and uh, I think it's one of the best comics we've ever written. Uh, it's it's available now. It's two pounds. No, not even two three dollars. Not even two pounds. That's like about one seventy five or something. Yeah, That's something like that. Nothing. Yeah. Um. Uh. For for the whole twenty four page comic uh, in digital format. Um. It's a little more. I want to say it's seven dollars for the. Uh, oh no, eight dollars. I'm sorry for the uh, for the physical version, uh, which still is not a lot. Um, I mean, so, it sounds sounds like you've got plenty going on. Yeah, and and uh, I've talked before about the era of the empowered comics. Yes, uh, we have a blue shift number two coming. We have a violet number two coming. We have another penumbra comic, which fits in with the lacuna blue shift violet uh, lacuna. Uh, sorry, blue shift number two, violet number two. Um, for those people who are listening who are familiar with our comics, Lacuna is not getting a Lacuna number two because he's still recovering from his injuries at the end of the Lacuna comic. Uh, however, he will show up in what comes afterwards, which is, of course, the obligatory team-up comic, which <laughs> is going to go in a slightly different direction to what I think most people might automatically expect. So we've got those. Uh, we've got another Era of the Consortium comic coming called Disarmed, which is about uh, mech pilots. It's about a group of mech pilots. And um, uh, we've also got uh, another superhero who's going to enter the Empowered Universe through comics, Fauna. Um, and we've got... Yeah, we, we've got several other things that I can't talk about. Those are the ones I can talk about for now. Um, I've got another card game that's been in the works for a little while and is approaching completion. Uh, that one is based in the Era of the Consortium universe, so an Era of the Consortium card game is on the cards. Was that was that funny or was it bad? It was accidental. <laughs> um, uh, Go home, Ed, <coughs> you're drunk. Um. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. And I'm writing another audio drama um, with, uh, with, with Heiko Provitza, and um, uh, that's going to be, again, based in the Consortium. Uh, yeah, we have loads and loads of stuff on. It's absolutely, it's a brilliant time to be doing all this stuff. And uh, particularly, obviously, the miniatures. And we're very consortium-focused this year, with it being the fifth anniversary. I, yeah. I think that's kind yeah. of unsurprising, to be honest. Um, but we're going to... There, there's a very good possibility. I've got to decide, I've not entirely decided, there's a very good possibility there's more expansions coming your way. That sounds pretty cool. Because uh, so, I've got another set of expansions ready. So, so how do we keep up with all of this? Where do we, uh, you know, how do we keep our finger on the pulse with all of this? How do we, how do we educate ourselves? Okay, to make uh, sure we're not yeah, missing yeah. in on anything coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, no, I'll give you that one. That that was that was that was kind of possible. I'm not going to say good. That but was possible. possible. Um, that was possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, Facebook, uh, we now have a brand new group. Um, it is called the Official Era D10 Group. So before we did have a couple of groups for different games, but we're actually in the process of shutting those down. Uh, the Era the Chosen Group, of course, will stay open until Era the Chosen is published. 
uh, and then I'll recommend that the members migrate to the uh, official Era Games group, uh, which is the group on Facebook. Uh, we have a Discord, and uh, a lot of people, I'm really glad to see, a lot of people are hopping on Discord and asking questions about, um, you know, uh, what's this like in the universe, and how does how do you explain the fact that uh, empowered don't go around killing all the criminals because if they're just in prison they'll be let go again and how do you you know how do you uh, in the consortium how does this particular thing work and uh, what does this rule actually mean and how do I interpret it in this situation and that's really what it's for you know it's for the community to come together and ask these questions and at the moment I'm answering these questions but my fond hope is that uh, you know at some point, you know, someone's going to ask a question at midnight UK time, and I'm going to be fast asleep, and someone else will go, oh, I know this, it's <laughs> X. Yeah. And that's my fond hope. We're not quite there yet, you know, that's that's one of those things that takes a while. But um, join us on Discord. Um, I can give you the link at the end uh, for, for Discord, so you can put it in the show notes. Yes. Um, I am happy to talk uh, era anything at great length. Um, uh, we have obviously our website www.shadesofvengeance.com you can obviously check out our news post or subscribe to our RSS feed there um, you can follow us on twitter at shades underscore of underscore venge um, sh- vengeance wouldn't fit unfortunately I'm, I'm sad to say um those are the best ways of following us. Uh, you may find us popping up in other places, uh, various sort of uh, RPG forums. Uh, one of our members is quite active on Reddit. One of our one of our team members is quite active on Reddit. Um, so if you ask some era the consortium questions or, or era survival questions in particular for that guy, uh, there you might get some answers. And of course, you can find us at conventions. Um, we're going to be at Contingency uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, I'm really excited for that. Uh, it's um it's a really great convention, great environment, and uh, we're going to be running a huge number of games. There's going to be opportunities to play every single era game. So and uh, not just with me, there are other people there as well running era games, uh, which is again phenomenal. And we're running a multi-table event. So if you're listening and you're at contingency on yeah. the Thursday, join us for the multi-table event because. <laughs> Um, it is unique for us. We've never done it before. Um, and we're running anywhere. We can run anywhere from six people up to 18 people in three groups. Um, and it's going to affect the future of the consortium. That sounds mega. So that's pretty exciting. That is pretty exciting. So obviously what we'll do, so we'll make sure we put all the links in the show notes. So we've got notes to show. Well, you do need to have notes to show, because otherwise you wouldn't be showing anything. Exactly. If you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, go to the Googles, search for We Are Not Wizards, thou shall find us in multiple places, like Facebook and on our website, and on Twitter, and on our blog, which is we're not wizards.blogspot.com. Our website's we're not wizards.com. Our Twitter's we're not wizards. Our Facebook's we're not wizards. Um, you can find us it on all. It must be the... nice to have something that fits. <laughs> yes, it's always very, 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 very nice. Um, you'll find us on all the podcast catchers, which is your Stitchers, your Speakers, your Acasts, your Cast Boxes, um, 
and also places like Spotify as well. Um, if you have liked what you have listened to tonight, please um, tell someone else about it. You know. Yes, please. Just tell, tell someone else. Tell someone else about, about it. all of the stuff that we're doing. And <laughs> join our Discord and talk to me and, you know, participate in the general craziness that, that goes on around here. Absolutely. Uh, and if you like us even more, then consider jumping on to the Apple Podcasts and dropping us a subscription. If you like us even more than that, then consider giving us a rating or a review. If we say, as usual... I'm going to ruin it, as usual. You are going to ruin it, as usual. Um, don't give us ten stars. Cause, um, Why not? Because I mean, come, come on, we are wizards. Let's be honest here. No, no, People don't. look at me, and I say, "Look, I've run over forty Kickstarters in five years," and they look at me and they say, "You're a wizard." I so Ed, if I'm it. a wizard, right? You're not a wizard, Ed. Stop it! You're not a wizard. <laughs> Ed, you're ruining it, right? If <laughs> right, <laughs> don't give us ten stars because it makes us big headed. Don't give us one star because it makes us cry, and I'm an ugly crier. And Ed's trying to make me cry, and I don't like it. Give us. <laughs> Give us something in the middle, like a five, because it's, it's average. And it's we're just your a little turn. Bit... It's your turn to cover your ears, I'm afraid. Give right. him ten stars, he's great. Don't de- give me ten stars at all, because it doesn't work, because it ruins the joke, because you only get five stars on Apple Podcasts as well. You know it, Jewett. I know. <laughs> and um, <laughs> give us something like five, because it's in the middle and we're average, and we're decidedly average, like Ed, who's really average. But he oh. does good. He does good oh. stuff. He does good stuff. So he's not totally average. Um, but there's only a couple more things to do. The first thing is to remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Ed? Think carefully. I am not a wizard. I I, I think, think that you might possibly be a wizard secretly, because like check my, the, the, check the number the, of places that you managed to put this thing. <laughs> I, I think I think you might possibly be a wizard, but potentially, um, we'll see. Uh, other Check. than that, I'm I'm not a wizard, not really. And uh, the second thing to do is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from the rather wonderful, the rather fantastic, Mister Ed Jowett. He puts the Ed in education, and he puts the joy into Jowett. Oh, <laughs> say goodbye, Ed. Goodbye. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for having me, despite everything. Despite everything. And uh, it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe, rule6s.com. We're doing a Kickstarter. Don't look at it. Um, Basically. (laughs) Have a look at it, because all it's really doing is making sure that, uh, that, that, that he stays on a sugar high. Uh, that's that's really that's really the much. aim of the Kickstarter. Keep that's them on a sugar it. high as much as possible. I'm not giving anything back to society. I'm not doing anything creationary. I'm just looking to get a really big tummy. Um, but until the next time, um, goodbye. A wizard is never late. <laughs> Thank you.
early. He arrives precisely when he means to. <laughs> 